Welcome to the Realizing Genius Podcast. I'm your host, Heidi Christensen. This is where we dive in each week to chat about parenting, education, and realizing our children's genius. I'm an educator with a background in individualizing learning, and I'm obsessed with helping people find and nurture that genius in their children and themselves. Let's dive in. Hi, geniuses. Today, I have Audrey Brindlisbacher here. Audrey, you are still, I just talked to my uh, my oldest son, Josh, and you are still his favorite professor, college professor. So yeah, you just have a He's genius. Awesome. Yes, I am so glad you're here to share our genius with your genius with our audience, because I know you made such a huge impact on my son and from that on me as well. Oh, thanks. Yeah. He's, it was, it was a privilege to teach him. He's a great, he was a great student, but. Oh, thank you. I'm glad. Yeah, no, he is a pretty cool kid. Yeah. Young man now, man. Well, man, I know we're getting older. (laughs) How it goes, lady. I know. Yes, they get older. I know know that your thing is mission-driven mission-driven mm-hmm. mom you have mm-hmm. mission-driven teen mm-hmm. and I use the word genius yeah kind of in the place of realizing yeah. genius in the place yeah. of mission mm-hmm. so I really think that when we're talking using those same words we're pretty much talking about the same thing uh-huh now how do you encourage people to realize their genius or mm-hmm. find their mission and live mm-hmm. it? Mm-hmm. Well, um, so when I was a young mom, my husband was floundering in his career and I had spent, you know, 12 years and all the, you know, junior high, high school, all the things. And I had gone on to university and wandered around campus for three years, pretty clueless. And, um, and then I had act, I actually went to Europe. I did some service work. I came home, we married, we started having children. And by the time my oldest was like three, four, five years old, that really was like resting on my mind and heart with this, this problem that I saw for that my husband and I had had that we, you know, we had spent 15, 16 years in structured educational environments And I actually remember a day when, I don't know, this just kind of hit me so strong. And I actually went to my husband and I was like, look, I think it's a travesty. I really do. I think we've been cheated somehow. I really feel like if you're going to spend that much time in school, you should come out of there with a whole lot better understanding of, of who you are. Like, you know, I mean, I've always been a spiritual person, a religious person, like seeing myself like a daughter of God, you know, like I'm special, whatever I have talents, like that kind of, you know, language. But ultimately I was still like, okay, but what do I want to do? <laughs> up? Like, I don't have any idea. And actually it was the catalyst for a lot of looking seriously at a lot of alternative educational options for my children. And it was just a huge priority for me as a mom from the time my children were young. So it's been on my mind for a really long time, largely because I just felt like things would have gone better for my husband in his career. They would have gone better for us in our finances. They would have gone better for me as a mom had we both had more clear self-awareness and and self-knowledge and an understanding of 
of all of that, like what we could do. And then of course, you know, from a, from a bigger picture, uh, submitting to something higher than ourselves, the, the context of, you know, what we can call mission or genius or whatever, just a submission to using those talents, those gifts, those interests, those strengths in the service of others. Cause that's where the highest joy is obtained. Right. So that's what I, wanted to figure out for us to start, you know, me and my husband and then my children. And so I just, what I just was aware for, and anytime I ran across something that looked like it was going to be helpful, I would go do that thing. I would go get that book. I would take that test. I would engage in that activity, um, try the new thing and encourage my children to try lots of new things and to, you know, and, and have lots of conversations and how did that feel? And did you like it? And it was just, you know, something you wanted and watching them and giving feedback, you know, when you don't have anything to do, you tend to do X, you know, and, and trying to just help them become self-aware because I just felt like if education should do anything for you, especially in the land of the free and the home of the brave, you know, where we have like all this liberty to pursue our talents and interests, it could definitely do a much better job of helping us understand who we are, what we love, what our gifts are and, and how we could use them effectively. I was just watching this, um, I guess, listening to this video this morning while I was exercising and it had a compelling title and it was actually Oprah Winfrey. And she was, she was basically saying, I mean, she has just like some different beliefs than I do about the world and all that kind of thing. But fundamentally she was saying, she was like, I am a daughter of God and I have unlimited power and and I, you know, was in this horrible circumstance and I, you know, I want people to understand that they should submit their gifts and talents to something higher and find you. I mean, she was really just saying all the things that we're saying in a little bit different frame of reference and a little bit different context, because that is really, and she even actually said, you know, I think that, that joy, or maybe this was her own nightingale. It was just like, you know, joy is better than happiness. Like we talk about happiness all the time and, and, and pleasures and feeling good and all that kind of stuff. But joy is like the thing. Joy is what we want is what we want to chase. And, um, and so that's where it began fundamentally for me personally. And then over time, I just began to notice, I mean, there were moments or restore there are stories I could tell you about specific, you know, events where I was really awakened, but over time it became clear to me that I wasn't the only one. And yeah. that there were, I was surrounded by other people with um, very limited understanding of their gifts and talents and their genius and um, very unfulfilled careers or feeling frustrated and stuck in motherhood because as wonderful and meaningful as it is to be a mom, those little creatures could not fill every need we have. They just, that that's not their job. That's not their role. And so we have to, you know, work on ourselves too. So anyway, eventually one thing led to another and I, um, yeah, you know, simultaneously with all of this, the other passion, and if you go to audreyrealistbacher.com, I talk about this there, but my, the other passion is our family mission statement that the truth will make you free. And so I'm very, very invested in helping people live more principle centered lives based on universal truths. And so those are kind of the twin towers of these programs that you're talking about. It's a focus on living more principle-centered ways, but also discovering your uniqueness and finding ways to use it to make important contributions in the world. And I encourage moms to bring their kids on the journey with them. Like 
do this work that you feel called to, but do it with your kids and then show them what purpose looks like. Show them what it means to be engaged in something meaningful and let them experience it and encourage, you know, so that they want it for themselves. And anyway, that's kind of the short story of how we got here. Yeah. Now, why did you decide to focus on moms? Cause I know that's what you started with, with mission driven mom. Yes. Yes. Um, it was actually, okay. So for some of the circles and you know, this, some of the circles that we ran in, cause we, we've been mm-hmm. friends for a long time. Uh, there was this call to action about mission. And actually there was a period of time. Oh, I don't know. Seven or eight years ago. It was, it was incredible. I, I, I saw a lot of people make incredible personal sacrifices in the name of mission. And so I knew that this concept had power. And so I was like, why is it so powerful? And how do you get there? And how do ordinary people become extraordinary? And so I, for several years in my spare time, I just studied the lives of great men and women. And I had happened upon some patterns. And so I could kind of see some things that they had in common. These are all in my book, the, the, the mission-driven life, the seven laws of life mission, you know, the first four preparatory foundational loving God, loving yourself, loving truth, loving humanity. They all prepared for themselves for meaningful work, doing those things. So I kind of had that in the back of my mind. And actually my husband was like, why don't you just do the mission-driven life? Like moms aren't the only ones that need this. And like, that's the name of the book. And like, why don't you do that? And I had had an experience actually in a, um, in a church class, a women's class. And some of the women in the class with me were friends of mine. And the teacher had these roses. And before she started class, she took them around and at random, just handed them to women that were in the class. And when she went up to the front and started to teach, she said, okay, I want everyone that I gave a rose to to come up to the front, put it in his vase and tell us something that you're good at. And what happened next was just incredibly heartbreaking because I watched woman after woman go up to the front, stand there awkwardly, and then say, make some self-deprecating comment. Oh, I'm good at eating chocolate. I'm good at sleeping in. I'm good at yelling at my kids. And, and, And it would have been funny if it hadn't been so heartbreaking because, and I, it really struck me. It really stayed with me. I thought about it for weeks and I came to the conclusion that it was one of two problems. Either these women had no idea how gifted and talented and wonderful they were, or they were just that uncomfortable with stating even one thing that they felt confident about in themselves. And either way, there was a major problem. And as I thought back to, you know, 10, 15 years prior in my life, I really identified with that. I had been there I, and, and I had just thought it was me. I thought they were my problems. I thought I was the one that was, you know, always comparing and feeling less than I was the one that had all the self-doubts. I was the one that didn't feel like I could do, you know, important things. I was the one that didn't have any idea what my talents were, what contributions I could make, what things I would like to pursue, what interests I had. And I real, it just, it just hit me. Like all these women around me are feel the way I did. And they're in the same kind of pain I was in. And I, I just felt called, I guess I just felt called because of that experience. I saw into their hearts in a more real way than I had before. And I just felt like this could help them. And fundamentally, when I started building it, I had, I had written curriculum for a long time and I had discovered that I was good at writing that writing curriculum. And I'd written curriculum. I wrote 
you know, principles of liberty course and other types of study skills courses and things like that. And so I thought, well, what I do well is vet content and put it in a good order for people to learn. And I can do that. I can go find the very best resources that ever helped me and put them into one place for these women. And so I just decided to try to do that. And I had been writing these classes and teaching stuff online for a few years. And so I took that content and other content. And, you know, again, like I said, my husband was like, why don't you do mission driven life? You know, that's what, you know, what the book is called and blah, blah, blah. And then this too. And he's looking at the content is like, everybody needs to know, you know, talk about this or that. And I was like, all I know. And I tried, I actually tried two different times during the year that I was kind of taking everything I'd been doing and putting it together. And every time I tried to do the mission-driven life, the inspiration stopped. I felt confused and overwhelmed and kind of stopped in, in, in the progress. And as soon as I started just thinking about moms and their needs, and I was one of them, and I understand, understand them intimately and what their roadblocks are and, and what troubles they have, then it just flowed. It just was clear. So it's almost like I couldn't. <laughs> Build something else. It was just like, this was what needed to be, you know, this is what I was feeling called to, to bring into existence. So that's, that's why it started out for moms. Oh, I, I love that because really when you are called to do something, when you have this genius, this mission in your heart yeah. that you have yeah. to share, they have to realize it, it does do that to you. It's like, uh-huh. no, you're not supposed to go that way. I mean, I, uh-huh. seen, I have felt that so many times. I've yeah. felt that so many times. Yeah. And it reminds me, I've got this really great book on the shelf called Creating. And he talks at the beginning of the book about how, and you would, I really think you would agree with this, with what you talk about with genius. Because he talks about how we're all creators and we create all the time, whether we realize it or not. But when we really decide to create something, we need that, that basically what he, what he's, what he's, te- what he's teaching is that creating is about love. And, and that's why, I mean, love is just, the Academy is just fraught with the concept of love. Like we talk about it all the time. The first four laws are about love and we have a definition of love that we use. And, and when I had built the Academy and found this book later, it was really phenomenal because he's like, you have to love that creation enough to bring it into existence. You know, we do this with children. We love them enough to bring them into existence. And then we keep loving them enough to make them the best they can be that we know how to make them be right. That's just the ultimate expression of love. And we can do that with things other than children. We can do that with a myriad of things. And we all have creations in us that as we discover our gifts and talents and we develop those, we'll fill that call to love something enough to bring it into existence so that it can serve humanity in some way. You know, whether it's like the online conferences that you feel called to create, they bring into existence something that didn't exist before that serves the community that you work in. And you do it because you love the community, because you love the principles that you adhere to, you you love the truth. And 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 so you your commitment to 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 loving and creating through love gets gets realized you're realizing the genius through that conduit of of creation so yeah oh yeah that's that is true i love love i mean love is the foundation of all so yeah Yeah. now you mentioned the academy so can Mm -hmm. you tell us a little bit about that because i mean it is mission-driven mom 
Academy, uh-huh. correct? Uh-huh. MDM Academy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mission Driven Mom Academy. Um, so, you know, this is my unique skill and um, it's the thing I know how to do that I've done a lot and, and worked on and, and gotten better at. And so the way that it's structured is that we are walking you through these seven laws of life mission, giving you tools and resources and mentoring that help you prepare to hear and answer those calls using your specific gifts and talents. And so we start out with um, loving God and loving yourself. And we talk a lot about how those two relationships are the foundation of all your other relationships. And we always create and serve in relationship. And so we want to become really great at those relationships, but you can all, you've got to really love yourself properly. And we talk about that in the framework of meeting your real needs, recognizing and making time and effort to really meet those needs so that you can show up for yourself and others properly. And loving God is an expression of recognizing that there's something superior to you in the universe and you don't get to make up all the rules. And your job is to submit to what is, to submit to reality, to submit to truth in meaningful ways so that that can work through you. And you can, instead of trying to work contrary to the reality, the natural laws that we live in, um, you work with them. And so that brings good fruits into your life. So we focus really heavily on that. And in, in the loving yourself sections, it's cool. There's, we work on three key principles of self-care, which we talk about as meeting real needs. And we talk about the difference between, especially for moms, rather than managing time, we will talk about managing energy. And that doesn't mean like energy work. It means like your real true, the amount of energy that you actually feel like you have physical energy, mental energy, spiritual energy, emotional energy. And uh, we use some resources that are really helpful with that. And so meeting your needs by working on your energy has been really transformational for our moms. And then there's a section, there's four cycles. In every section, we do some self-care, we do some self-leadership, and then we do some self-discovery. And that self-leadership, we learn about the drama triangle and the opposite of that as being a creator and why and how we can stay out of drama and be creators and stop trying to rescue our families and all of the things like I'm like a recovering rescuer. And, you know, we do things like uh, we have some really phenomenal tools for telling yourself the truth, asking yourself empowering questions, um, learning to forgive and the, the importance of that, staying out of self-deception, those kind of tools. And what we've done, which is really cool, I think, is every, every cycle that you go through where you do some self-care, some self-leadership and some self-discovery, we give you a children's novel that exemplifies children's or youth novel that exemplifies those principles. So you can have a conversation with your family. So you learn some things, you practice these principles, and then you have a conversation with your family through a novel or through a biography and you read it aloud. And then you can teach through this story, um, the principles you want to inculcate into your home, the culture you want to create. And then the self-discovery sections are just lots of different, um, little tests that you can take. Um, we talk about temperaments. We use cure for the common life. We talk about strengths, um, tendencies, um, intelligences, 
all those kinds of things. And so every time there's a section in your, we have a journal that you can print off and there's a little all about me section and you can write those things in there. And then most of the resources have ways for you to start developing that about yourself. Like one of the things that came back for me over and over in some of these tests was just how analytical I am. And seeing that as a strength, instead of thinking that, you know, it's just annoying everyone, but also knowing that sometimes it can be a weakness. So developing that, using it appropriately, seeing it as a way that I can make a unique contribution because I'm good at analyzing, I'm a strategic thinker. And so I have an ability to think a little bit differently than other people and other people have their strengths and, 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 and then it also helps you build better teams in your family, in your work environment, in your church environment, wherever you're working with other people. It's had a huge impact on our moms in terms of just valuing things in other people that they used to think were like, well, that's wrong with you. And then they actually begin to realize, oh, they're that way for a reason. Like it really levels up your true regard for others and the value that you see that they have strengths you don't have that you really actually need them in some concrete ways that you can. So one example that I like to give is in the 16 personalities, there's a book that goes along with that. Please understand me that we utilize. And one of those four broad temperaments is called an artisan. And one of my sons is an artisan, which means that fun is number one. We've got to be having fun. And that's very different. I would tend to the workaholic side of life. And I really came to terms with that is a very valuable way to be. He brings something important into my life, into our family, into the world that I can't bring because I don't have his perspective on how important it is to have fun. And there have been, I mean, President Reagan was an artisan. So you can still achieve at high levels and have that be a high value for you. But um, it just really, I learned to love and respect him in a deeper way and see some of the strengths that he had that I didn't. And so it's been helpful for my relationship with myself, my relationships with other people. Anyway, so that's kind of loving God and loving yourself. Loving truth is a deep dive into principles. Um, loving humanity, we do some things around worldviews, um, history through the lens of ideas. And then um, in Law 5, we work really heavily on understanding organizational principles so that you can go out in your community and start learning what the needs are and start matching what you've learned about yourself with what's happening in the world so that you can insert yourself in meaningful ways. And we talk about in the book, um, it says, hear the call and, and courageously execute and the subtitle of that, the kind of the, the explanation of that is bringing principled solutions to real world problems. And so that's what we want to do is bring principled solutions to real problems using our gifts and talents. And so that's the way that we talk about mission as, as, um, as contributing in meaningful ways that brings us and others joy. So, yeah, no, I, Moms really can, especially homeschool moms, which is yeah. what my audience is predominantly. Yeah. Uh, or educators, teachers are yeah. in the same boat. Yeah. We give so much of ourselves. Sometimes we kind of lose our sense of self, you know, yeah. what we are supposed to be doing here. Yeah. I, I know that as, you know, my kids have gotten older, I've gotten, to, you know, I have all of these friends who are either 
soon to be empty nesters or recently empty nesters. And they're like, Oh no, what What now? now? (laughs) We actually have quite a few empty nesters in the program as well. And then they get excited and then they tell their daughters to do it. And then they do it with their daughters and it's pretty um, enriching experience for them. But yes, that same kind of experience. Well, I poured my heart into my kids and they don't need me like they used to. And so what now? And I got all this time on my hands and yeah, but even in the moment you can have a new perspective. I mean, the community that's in the Academy, like they bring each other up. It's so enriching. They, you know, build each other. They've built some of their deepest, richest friendships through aligning around, you know, truths they both believe in. And so that's been really cool to watch too. But the reason we have a teen program is just because the moms asked for it. So we launched the mission driven mom. And within a year or so, the moms were like, well, my kids need this. And I was like, well, then just learn the principles and teach them. And they were like, well, but you know, my, you know, and they want, they still want something for, I mean, eventually we'll do the mission driven life thing too. And we'll bring it to that broader audience, but um, they asked for it enough. And then finally, ironically, um, and I don't tell this story very often, but one of the biggest reasons why we actually ended up building it was a couple years in, um, I started seeing in our, we were on Facebook at that point, we now have our own internal, um, the courses in our internal space that has its own, um, community as well. But anyway, and so I was noticing in these Facebook groups that moms were like, so how are you doing mission-driven moms with your mission-driven mom with your teens this year? And how, you know, how are you going to do it in your homeschool co-op with your youth and all that? And I realized they're doing it anyway. Yeah. Going to do it anyway. (laughs) So I may as well, I may as well bring some flesh and bones and structure to it so that it will be an expression of what we really, you know, think it ought to be instead of a million people like giving their own spin. I mean, they still, I still obviously make it their own in the way that they apply it wherever they're applying it. But that was, we'd already been thinking about it. And then I was like, well, they're going to do it anyway. So we may as well do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it enables so many more people to do it if you're giving them the structure. So, yeah. And, you know, not every mom is going to do the mission driven mom or not every mom's going to do it right now. And that was another thing is we realized we just want to bring these truths to everyone. And so moms predominantly open the door. We've sold, well, I don't know. There's a few schools that do the mission driven teens, some homeschool co-ops, I don't know, 150 to 200 youth at this point, maybe more, um, since we launched it, I guess this is going to be our second year. We launched it two years ago. Um, and so it's, it's going well, they're having a great experience. We did a pilot program here at my house just to make sure that we, and it's, 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 it's similar to the mom's program. So moms can go through their program and their youth can go through their program and they can have lots of conversations. The principles definitely are the same. Um, the introduction for the youth is quite a bit, um, fuller because we realized that mom's get involved with the mission to a mom because they know they have a need they want to meet, but the teens are like, Oh, mom's making me do this or my school's doing it. Or so they needed their own buy-in. So we bulked up the introductory section for the youth. So they had a a bigger opportunity to have buy-in on why this is something they would want for themselves. Yeah. So that's been helpful for them. And I can see how it would be really helpful to have something outside of mom doing it, especially for teens. Yeah that age where they're trying to pull away and yes. create their own identity. Yes. yes. 
it, it's really nice to have it be a third party. Yep. Yep. So some, there's, there's some mentors who teach classes online. There's schools that have adopted it. There's homeschool communities that have done it. And then there's just some moms that just do it with one or two of their youth. Like there's a myriad of ways that, that families adopt it, but it enables them to have um, if you go on to the, if you go to the mission driven mom and go to the teen page, you'll see a video there where it was actually in our pilot program and the kids were just doing first semester reports. And I just turned my phone on and, and kind of recorded them and, and they'll tell you what they got out of it and why it was meaningful for them. But a lot of it is like, you know, common language in the home and common principles that we're all trying to, you know, and, and that we're all trying to live and, and tool sets that are helpful for overcoming common problems and, and so it's, it's been helpful for the families that way too, but yeah. Well, that structure, I mean, I know it was so funny when my, this is when my kids were little, but I had this one son who was like fighting me constantly about homeschooling. This is right at the beginning. And, uh, he, he wanted to learn an instrument. And so I, I got, I didn't have a lot of money for little kids and, I got, I found something on a video, a VHS tape. That's how long it was. And, uh, yeah. and the teacher said, okay, you need to do this. And so I was able to point to the TV and say, okay, your teacher said this, this is what you need to do. <laughs> and my son, he was so cute. Says, okay. If yeah. my teacher says yeah. so. And, yeah. you know, even when you're an adult, having that outside accountability, even if it's yeah. a recording, but definitely yeah. if you have, you can bring in that community. Yeah. It's life-changing. It's transformational. Yeah. 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 So we don't, we don't provide the live classes for the teens. Mm -hmm. um, people have asked and we've thought about it, but we don't, um, there's a lot of reasons for that bandwidth, um, liability, all of that. We don't want them on computers a lot, depending on their age. Um, some of them do the program in the junior high ages. And so the only thing that's online for the youth, they get a full, a full color workbook with all the, the whole program lined out laid out for them. They just go on there to watch the videos, the teen recorded discussions and the, and the lessons on the different content so that the rest of the time they can spend building real relationships in their community, um, with other youth that are doing it. And some of the moms have tried to, we, there is a space where moms can network and they can find other moms that are doing the teen program and they can get them on zooms. They can get them together in person. And we have plans in the future for helping build out more of that community, especially for the youth with some, you know, summer programs, we've tossed that idea around and things like that. So that's definitely on our radar, but just in terms of giving them the tool set to know how to begin to lay a better foundation for themselves. I mean, God, social media is beating the daylights out of them and they need to know who they are and they need tools for loving themselves appropriately. And for, you know, we talk about self-leadership a lot, you know, our tagline is building servant leaders. And so um, they must lead themselves. They must learn how to manage their own hearts and minds. Uh, that's where, you know, real success in life happens. And so we, you know, are, there's, there's actually, I didn't mention this. There's a really big bulky mentors guide that when you purchase the teen program comes with it and it's broken down into a 28 week structure. Some moms just do it at whatever their pace is in their homes. But if you want any kind of a school year structure, 
we've broken it down. There's a whole bunch of information at the beginning of like, here's a whole myriad of things that you could add to this. Here's ways that you could extend it beyond 28 weeks. Here's other additional activities and ideas. And then every single week has what you would go over that week. Um, you can break that up into meeting every day, meeting every two day, you know, two days a week, one day a week, whatever you want to do. And then there's um, at least two or three activities each week where they craft or they do a group game or they do some kind of activity up out of their chairs. There's prompts for group discussions and there's, um, there's a livet cadence to it as well. So that, because this is the kind of program that has to be lived. It's, it's a lot, it's a lot different than it's kind of like other leadership programs for youth, but it's far more robust and it's really about principle-centered living. And it's very practical because there's a whole physical um, needs section, for example. And we ask them, what do, what do you need? Do you need to drink more water? Do you need to exercise more? Do you need to get more sleep? What do you need right now? Identify that principle and live it for a week. And then we have these ideas about how you can like put things in a jar when they complete something and they can share success stories every week and as they meet their needs and all that kind of stuff. So it's very, very hands-on really needs to be lived, which is why we encourage moms to do it too, because it's hard for a youth to say, well, I'm going to, you know, tell myself the truth and mom doesn't know what that means. Or, you know, I'm trying to live in creator mode today and not be a victim mom. And she's like, doesn't know what that means. And so we want them to live it. This program is only beneficial to the extent at which the kids live what they're learning. And so yeah. the content is just a conduit to having them. So there's livets every week. This is how I'm going to live these principles this week. So to is make, your mom you know, have transformation. Go ahead. Yeah. It's your mom. Does your mom's program coordinate with mm -hmm. the, it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So are they yep. reading the same books and things like that? A lot or? of the same resources, the same principles lists. There's 13 sections in the loving God and loving yourself section that you start in. And every every one of those 13 sections has a principles list. Um, there's a lot of the same readings, the same cadence, the same structure, the same order of content. The moms don't have as many livid activities. There's more of like a self-guided because they're capable of that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> They We're have, living you know, it every day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, you know, so with the, you know, with the children's novels, there's one we recommend and then they could, you know, those often align with what the students are reading and, and whatnot. The students have some of the self-help is cut down more for them. They have some different reading sometimes. And then there's four cycles in this loving God and loving yourself. And there's a bonus book in each one of those for the youth, either a biography or an autobiography of, of like a hero that is really exemplifies some of the principles they've just learned. And, you know, we tell the, you know, those that are doing it in a formal, more formal school setting, you know, you can add a week, you know, add four weeks, make it 32 weeks. If you want by adding those, you know, you can do oral exams, you could do, you know, field trips, you could do essays, you could do, I mean, you can, you can make it as academic as you want. And it would probably be, and people have asked this question, um, this this first section of loving God and loving yourself is um, probably the most like maybe a, a hybrid of like a English course and a leadership course. If you're, if you're thinking in like academic terms, later on, we do get into some history and worldviews and things like that. So, but it's just for, the, we're just following those seven laws of life mission, right? So we're just walking you through what, what we, in our experience and we keep teaching it and we keep getting better. We keep being able to tweak it and improve it. So, um, but the youth come out 
you know, more confident, more clear, um, taking more responsibility for themselves. Um, they really like themselves better, know themselves better. And I do think it's especially helpful. There's even more self-discovery stuff getting into some of the other laws as well. It's just going to help them when it's time to pick schools, pick careers, you know, make plans for the future, all that kind of stuff. Like the more they know about themselves, the better off they're going to be. So I definitely agree on that. Yeah. Yeah. One last subject I want to talk to you about. I Mm -hmm. know that the liberal uh, liberal arts education is, is very important to you. Can you just tell us why? I know you could probably give an entire lecture on this, if not an entire three-day seminar, but just really, why should we be reading these great books? Why? And I will say that there's a, if there's a third covert operation involved (laughs) in anything that I build, and especially in the academies, it's like, and by the way, you're going to also read the greats. Like, I mean, by the time you're done with law three, you've read a little bit of Plato and a little bit of Cicero and a little bit of Aristotle and a little bit of Adler and a little bit of, you know, you've read some great novels like Jane Eyre, you've read, you know, just incredible stuff. And one of the things that the moms say, and this, you'll really appreciate this, Heidi, is what, one of the pieces of feedback we've gotten a lot is just how mentally awake they've become. Like they didn't realize they really do have mental needs. And when they leave call it, even though, you know, you read a self-help book now and again, but it's not the same. I mean, there's a weight of evidence experience that goes on the academy. I give you multiple sources around certain principles so that you just can't deny it anymore. Like this is just true. But in terms of liberal education, you know, meaning the classical liberal arts, the traditional American Western education, where you're in those original writings and the the cadence is really just read it for yourself, think deeply about it, discuss it thoroughly, um, even kind of an oral exam, essay, commonplace book, all of those concepts, they're just the best way for the human mind to grow and develop. Um, They enable us to understand the shoulders on which we stand and and to have a structure, have a framework for ourselves of why our culture is the way it is and why that matters and where we came from to inform where we're going and not to leave behind. I mean, that's, we're running so fast away from the things that made us great. And most Americans don't even know that um, because they, they don't, they're not the, and we've been robbed. I mean, it's, it's kind of seems like a dramatic thing to say, but I, I often will tell people like you have been robbed. Like, A hundred years ago, people decided you were too stupid to read Plato. So they took it out of your curriculum and they're just flat wrong. You need Plato because he's going to nurture your soul and he's going to nurture your mind. And he's going to show you that um, he's going to make you a better thinker. He's going to streamline your reasoning ability. He's going to help you live in truth. And, you know, that's what I've got two or three sets of the great books of the Western world, just for that reason. And I'm always telling people go to the source, go to the source. I mean, there's all this, all this crap that goes on in the public schools about Columbus. And I'm always like, just go read his journal. People don't even know it's fun. You know, you go find out from him what his intention was. Why did he head to America? What kind of man was he actually? Because they're just, they're just feeding you a bunch of nonsense, you know? 
And so there's there's a myriad of reasons why, you know, we spend a lot of time in our culture talking about how the physical physique can be developed and why we should be thin and beautiful and why we need exercise and why we need to drink water. And we have a lot of people telling us how to be financially fit. Um, we even have people trying to help us have better relationships, but there isn't a lot of talk about how to be mentally fit, how to truly think deeply. Why, why did Jordan Peterson rise to the top? Because he has a deep, broad, liberal education. The guy has read everybody. He just, he knows what you say, what you mean when you say Kierkegaard or Nicomachus or Plutarch, like he, he's probably read it. And so, you know, Ben Shapiro, same kind of thing. You know, the people that really are the champions of ideas and make a difference in the culture are the people who have thought most deeply and you need the great thinkers in order to do that. So I, and, and these, these moms become alive mentally. They just realize how hungry they've been to search deeply for truth and to, to discuss important ideas and to think about something besides diapers. It's just like, it nurtures them in a way they didn't even know they needed it. So it's, it's, it's fun to watch them come alive in that way too. But yeah, I'm all about, whew, all about that liberal education. Everybody needs it. Oh, I agree. And moms often don't realize that by helping themselves, by giving them the, yes. them that education themselves, that they are helping their family, their kids, their yes. relationships. Yes. When I wanted to engage in this kind of education, when I finally found it and I was like, oh, I'm doing that. You know, I had four little kids at home mm -hmm. and no money. And I went to my husband and I was like, this feels important. And I know I need something, but I don't know how in the world we're going to pull this off. If, if you go to the mission driven mom and you opt in for my article, why self-help doesn't help. I tell more of this story, but basically I couldn't, it took me a long time to give myself permission to find a way. And it was finally when I ran across this beautiful quote where this, this man that, that I really respected just said, the most the best investment a family can make is in the education of the mother. She sets the tone. She creates the culture. And it's, you know, she shows her children what matters, what it means to be an adult, what it means to be a woman, what it means to be a mother and how your time should be spent to the best service of yourselves and others. And of course, using your leisure time to better yourself. And in this case, to grow your mind and think more deeply about important topics is one of the best examples you could set. So it's absolutely vital that, that you set that example, give yourself permission, find a way, you know, teach a couple piano lessons a month too. you know, whatever you've got to do, you can find, and we found it like we were in a rental and our income was all over the place. And I didn't work because we, it was a priority for me to be home when our kids were little and we found a way. Yeah. You just find a way because it matters. Yeah. And there are ways I, I yep. I'm right. Right there with you. Found him. a way. Yep. I found a way too. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Oh, well, Audrey, thank you so much for sharing your genius with us. I really <laughs> appreciate it. This is wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for having me, Heidi. It's always a joy. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the Realizing Genius podcast. Head over to realizinggenius.com forward slash podcast for all the show notes and links and to share your ideas of anyone you would like to have me interview. Have a wonderful week realizing your genius.